man, I love everything about Sundays. Like, I love the getting here early, helping to set up. I love being able to greet people. I know there's a few of you that are still distancing, so I'll, I'll wave from a distance. But man, my heart is to go give you a hug. Like, I, I don't know. That's, that's just the love that God has just given me, and it's such a joy to gather with God's people and to sing to him, to raise our voices and to raise our hands and to just know that our God is good and that we have tasted of that goodness. And so I love the gathering of God's people, and yet I am not naive. I'm, I'm well aware that even a gathering of this size, let alone those of you that are following us online, and we're thankful that you can and that you are a part of this gathering, just like those that are here in person, I'm well aware that some of you here right now are discouraged. You came and you wanted to hear from God, but man, the truth is you're discouraged. And others of you, maybe you're just drained. You're drained from the spiritual battle. And you're here this morning and you're all in, but man, you're just emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you're just drained. And there's other of you in the room that possibly you're very disappointed or you're just depressed. Life has been hard. And so whether you're discouraged or drained or disappointed or depressed, I, I think there's others of you, if you're really honest or if you would ask your spouse, they would say, he is just dysfunctional. <laughs> so wherever you are at today, Especially if your heart is heavy, especially if you are tired or if life has been really hard for you here as of late, I have a word from the Lord for you today. I want to read it to you. It's from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It'll be on the screen. If your heart is heavy today, if you're tired from the battle, this is from God to you, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. You need to know this. You need to know and believe and of this being sure, a unshakable confidence, a knowing with no doubt. We don't hope the way the world hopes. We hope with assurance because of Christ's resurrection and victory over the grave that I am sure of this. I'm confident of this, that God began a good work in you and he will not give up. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. He will bring it to completion, this good work that began in you. You know, you have to know that he has a plan and a purpose to display his glory through you as you know that he is good, no matter what it is that you are facing today. And he'll bring it to completion in Christ Jesus. And so we live in the here and the now, looking back at what Jesus did, looking forward to his return. And in the here and the now, in the waiting, we know that God is with us. And he is at work in bringing renewal. He is changing lives for the praise of his name. And it is nothing that we can manufacture. It's not how great the music is. It's not how great the pastor preaches or doesn't preach. It's not how 
great. The, the Hilton, this great venue. It's not about programs. It's not about anything that we can manufacture in our own strength. It is purely the work of God, his spirit, that brings revival, that brings renewal. I'm going to read to you a verse out of Titus chapter 3, verse 5. It should also be on the screen. Titus 3, 5 talks about this this renewal. It says that he, of course, God our Savior, says he saved us. We didn't save ourselves. He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness. Not that we can be good enough or holy enough or religious enough or go to church enough or turn over the new leaf enough or, or try harder enough. It says, no, he has saved us, not because of our works that we do in our righteousness. He says, but according to his own mercy. His own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal you hear that? His regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. God is at work and he is bringing his regeneration and renewal. But the question for us is not, is God doing it? Because we know that he is. He will be faithful. He will complete it. He is regenerating and bringing renewal. The question for us today that we're going to ponder on this Baptism Sunday is how? How exactly does God bring his renewal? What is the process of renewal? We serve a God of order and of purpose, and so everything has process. God is not haphazard. God is never wrong. He's always right. He can't make a mistake. He has a purpose, and then he has a plan to accomplish it. So for us today, we're going to meditate on what is the process of this renewal. And then we're going to see what is a picture of this renewal. And let's read about this process of renewal in 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5, we'll be reading verses 1 through 5, just the first paragraph. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This amazing text that I wish we had so much time to unpack, but I'm going to preach a little bit briefer than normal so that we have time to hear the testimonies of those that are going to be baptized today. But I do want to share from the Word on this process of how God brings his renewal. And you see four key words. And so this process is four words that we see right here in this text. It says the, the first word is faith. So God's renewal, one key word is faith. It says everyone who believes that Jesus is, that Jesus is the Christ. And so believe, the word for belief and faith 
and trust are the same word. It's pistis in the Greek. It's the same word. And so if you have faith in something or someone, then you believe in them and you, have, you, you trust them. And so to trust, to have faith, or to believe all have the same sense. And so when it says here, he, everyone who believes, everyone who has faith in Jesus Christ. So the first word is faith. The second word is love. So it says, everyone who loves the Father, and it says, loves God, and it says, also loves those that are born of God. So love is definitely a key word here about God's renewal. So it says, everyone who loves God. And so faith, love, and then you have obedience. For it says that, that we obey his commands. It says we keep his commands, and they're not burdensome. It's not drudgery. It's not, oh, I have to obey it's not like that. It's a, a heart that wants to obey God, that wants holiness and righteousness and that hates sin. And so what you see here is love, loving God, loving others, loving his word. Love is one, another key word. And then obedience. And then the fourth one is regeneration. Now, we just read in Titus 3, it has the word regeneration. Now, the word itself, it doesn't appear in 1 John 5, but it says we are born of God. And so to be born of God and to be regenerated is the same thing. And so regeneration in the Bible is described as like here being born of God or just talk about being born again. So this new birth, being made new in Christ, these are all the same essence. The word there is regeneration. It describes being born of God. And so we see regeneration, faith, love, and obedience. And this is the process in which we experience his renewal. It begins with God's regeneration, and then our faith, love, and then it results in obedience. So let's see this in verse 1. It says, everyone who believes or has faith, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, it says, has been. So has already happened, has been born of God. So what that means is if you have faith in Jesus, if you are trusting in Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, if you're trusting in Jesus, then what that means is that something already happened before. It says if you have faith in him, then you have already been born of God. And so we see that regeneration comes first. Faith follows. It comes second. And you see this as a testimony through our Old and New Testament. And we've been looking at that this last few months on beginning Old and New Testament. We won't do that today. But I can tell you that if you look in Ezekiel 36, in Ephesians 2, John 3, Romans 8, to just name a few places, that it describes the testimony of the Bible is that hum humans in a natural state, that we're spiritually dead and that we love darkness and that we hate the light and that our hearts are like stone that can't feel the love of God. The Bible's testimony is that left to ourselves, we will not and cannot submit to God. We reject the gospel. 
that it's as though if you could taste the gospel and, and there's this thing where you hear that Jesus died for you, that you're a sinner and he resurrected and you tasting like, it's gross. Like the gospel tastes bad to you. This is our natural condition to hear that Jesus died for me because I am a sinner who deserves hell to taste that tastes horrible. And this is the natural response of a human is to taste the gospel and to spit it out and to hate it and to be revolted by the idea that we are sinners who need a savior. This is our natural condition. We reject Jesus. It's a consistent theme that regeneration must come first because we are enslaved to sin, enslaved to Satan, and that if you look in Ephesians 2, that we are spiritually dead. Not sick, dead and buried. And sometimes we use language that's well-meaning. We'll say things like, believe and be born again, as though someone who is dead can cause themselves to be resurrected and believe. As you believe, and then God will make you alive but that's not possible. We don't have that power. Humans don't have the power to make ourselves believe, to bring ourselves from death to life. We can't. We're dead. We can't make ourselves be born of God. Think about it. Did you will yourself to be born physically? Like, you had no say in it. And by the way, the, you're being born, that process began at least, I would say, nine months before you were born. And arguably, for some people with planning, possibly years before you were born, you already thought about and planned for and prepped for. And then out of love and passion, you were conceived. And then many months later, you were born. It was part of a process that you had nothing to do with. Your parents were getting busy. You were getting born later. All you did was receive it. You had no will to exercise in being born. And why do you think the Bible talks about being born of God? There's a reason. Because the parallel of spiritual birth and natural birth is God is trying to get us to understand that we don't have any control over it. We receive. We just receive his mercy. God always takes initiative. God always acts first. When you were dead in your trespasses and your sins, the Spirit of God breathed life into your dead soul. And you were awakened from the grave. And then as your soul gasped and came to life, your eyes opened. You were no longer dead and no longer blind. And then when your eyes opened, you could actually see the beauty of Jesus. For the first time, you saw his face. And you're blown away. And it was like the day before you had heard about Jesus and you were like, nah, whatever, boring, irrelevant, 
That's just a religious thing, and you didn't care. And then, and then something, dare I say, miraculous happened. When you heard the gospel again, and then all of a sudden something clicked, and you realized, oh my God, I am a sinner. And Jesus died for me. And you believed. That's a miracle. It is supernatural. We respond with faith. God regenerates. He breathes life, heals spiritual blindness, gives us new hearts. He causes us to be born of God. And then when he regenerates, we then respond with faith. We trust in him. Man, that's what it says here. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has already been born of God. Faith itself is a gift. It's mercy. And Spirit's empowering that we even can believe and have new hearts that want him. Now, I've heard it argued that regeneration is being born again is a beautiful synergy. Or, or a cooperation. So it's a collaborative effort between that sinner and God. And you opened your eyes and you chose God out of your own free will at the exact same time that God chose you. And it's this beautiful cooperative synergy. Now, in the Greek, the word is synergos, where this comes, the word synergy, that's where the word comes from. And it means working together. That's what synergy means means your human will and God's will working together for you to be saved. But if that were true, why is it that in John 1, verses 12 and 13, it says, all who did receive him, who believed in his name, it says, were not born of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but by the will of God. You were not born again by your will spiritually any more than your will had nothing to do with you being born physically. We receive and we respond. This is our position as created beings. It's receiving the mercy of God and by his grace responding with faith. And so regeneration is a miracle. And it's not synergistic. It is monergistic. Mono, mono means one. And so monergistic refers to regeneration. So this salvation being God alone working to resurrect us from the dead and causing us to respond with faith. So regeneration is a miracle and God must do it. Faith is a miracle, and God must give it. And when we recognize that we're made new by the mercy and the power and the absolute stunning grace of God, guess who gets all the credit? God does. And that's exactly what he's after. All the glory, all the honor, all the power, all the awe of God. You are just amazing. 
This is his goal and all that he does is for God to get all the credit and for us who will praise him forever for what he has done that we have received. And then we respond to him. So the sequence matters. It matters. If you look at verses four and five, we just read it a second ago. Again, 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And so this sequence matters. Number one, we see God makes us born. He regenerates. Two, we respond with faith, with trusting him. Third, we respond with loving God and others. Because verses 1 and 2 describe regeneration. And then after that, verses 3 and 4 and following, you see us responding with love. And so we're beginning to see a sequence. That at first, regeneration, God's work. Faith, we respond to his work. Third, we then love. And this actually makes sense to us if we actually stop and and think about it. Because the more that we are trusting in God, the more that we can then love other people, hard people, people in this room, beginning with me, that can sometimes be hard to love. And if you're here or following us at home online, let's just be real. Being part of a church is not easy. Now, it's rewarding, and it's eternal, and it's beautiful, and I love it, but let's let's just be honest. It's hard because we're all sinful. We're being sanctified, but we're not glorified yet. And we have different personalities and backgrounds and presuppositions and convictions, and we're, we're just people. And so if you're having a hard time loving people, The solution is not, well, they all got to just stop bothering me. They all need to just understand where I'm coming from. Like, look, if that's where you're at, then you're going to have a really hard time in any church. A much better solution is not to hope everyone else changes and accommodates to you. What's much better is for you to say, Jesus, I need more faith. Increase my faith, my trusting in you. And the more that your soul is secure, the more that your soul is not eaten up by insecurities or eaten up by bitterness, the more that you'll be able to just love people. And so in this sequence, we see God regenerates. He begins this work. And then secondly, we respond with faith which third leads us to love God more deeply and love others. And so if you're having a hard time with love, what you need is a fresh vision of God. You you probably don't need more communication skills. You might benefit from those. But what you need is to have the Spirit grip your heart and to change you, to have greater faith, and that will lead you to healthier, more loving relationships. And then that results in number four, obedience. We saw it in the text that all those that are born of God who are trusting in him, love others, 
love others born of God, and then obey and keep the commandments, and it's not burdensome. This is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. We demonstrate this love by obedience. So we see the progression, regeneration, faith, love that leads to obedience. It leads to obeying the word of God. And it's possible because we have new hearts that we could never earn, that we receive because Jesus conquered the grave and has given it to us. And so this is the process. Regeneration, faith, love, obedience. We receive and we respond. You know what this will do to us? If we really understand and meditate and let this go beyond our heads into our hearts, this will keep us grounded. This will keep us humble and teachable. And this will allow us to look past superficial things and look at the heart of others and have a passion to love God and love other people because God gets all the credit from beginning to end in his work in our lives. And also what this does is whenever we're struggling with whatever, whether it's anger or bitterness or insecurity or some sinful habit that you're tired of, but you're, you're not having victory over it. We just read in this text that we have this victory that we can overcome and our victory is our faith. Faith in Christ who has already defeated the sin in your heart, the sin that's in the world has defeated the enemy. And so God gets all the credit and it keeps us grounded and it keeps us humble, recognizing God, you've done so much. Please change my heart and drawing near to him, and he does. And so I'll give you an equation from this. And so trusting in Jesus plus treasuring Jesus, loving, so treasuring him equals obedience. So if you're struggling with your obedience, you need to go back to thanking God for a new heart and regeneration and realize your need to trust him more deeply and treasure him. And that leads to a fuels. It just leads to obedience. So o- o- obedience isn't try harder, be more religious. No, it's trust Jesus more, treasure him more. And that leads to obedience. So let's talk for just a minute about a picture of this. And the picture of renewal is baptism. And so in just a little bit, we're going to baptize five believers And baptism is a picture of regeneration. So whenever they go under the water, that is a picture of death, where Jesus died. So it's a picture of Jesus' sacrificial death, and he was buried. And just like when when that person is underwater, that is a picture where that believer is saying, I believe that I once was dead in my sins. And yet, when we pull you up out of the water, that is a picture of resurrection. Jesus resurrected, conquered the grave. And so that person is saying, I have been made new. I have been resurrected and I'm alive by the power of God. He resurrected me. He regenerated me. I have this new birth. I have this new heart and I I want everyone to know. It's a public profession. It's a public declaration of I belong to Jesus. And I don't care who knows it. I want everyone to know 
then I belong to Jesus. He's loved me. He has saved me. It's a picture of our faith. It's a picture of our love for God and for each other. Because when you're baptized, you're baptized into the body of Christ. You're saying, I belong to God's people and I love these people. It's a picture of obedience. Jesus was baptized and he said, go baptize. And so when, when you see someone getting baptized, what you are seeing is a picture of a miracle. The supernatural work of God to transform this person from a dead sinner into a alive, vibrant worshiper of the king. Baptism is beautiful. And it is such a joy. It is a picture of renewal. Let me close with reading to you out of Titus 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the watching of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs to the hope of eternal life. Praise be to God.